Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Everyday Church. We are a body of believers in Oklahoma City with the mission to live out our faith on a daily basis. Let's listen in as we hear a powerful message from God's Word. During the welcome time, I I mentioned uh, some of our volunteers, and some have come in the room, so Matt, the Milneys, Chad, the Jonglings, Pumpkins, Jason, thank y'all so much. Like, I, I don't mean that as a joke. Really, you guys busted your tail. It was awesome. You did so good. And not just you guys. If you'll pass it on to your spouse or anyone that helped your kids. So thank you so much for the work that you, you put into that. It was a great, great event. A lot of fun. Um, when my kids were very young, they're still young, but when they were very young, they kind of each clung to a specific stuffed animal. I don't know if your kids have done that, like they had a favorite stuffed animal. When Isaac uh, was one, he got an oversized stuffed dog, okay? A St. Bernard-looking creature. We have a picture. This is Buster, okay? So this is what what Buster was. And uh, do we have his birthday pics actually too, Nick? Yeah, this is him at one getting this dog, okay? And so that was, the first picture was the most recent picture of Buster. But this is... Isaac loving on Buster at one years old. And so very early on, he was close to this dog. This dog needed to be with him uh, many times of the day, and especially on a trip. Now, my daughter, she got really close to a different type of animal. It was about four years ago or so, we, we got a, 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 an elephant. I lovingly refer to as pigfent because I think it has like a pig-looking nose, okay? And so, but this is, this is pigfent, and those ears are like too huge. And so... She has to have pig, she, she has to have pigfent whenever she, even sleeping at night. I, I took, this is not a fake. Like I literally went in there and was like, all right, I got to take a picture of this. This is her sleeping with pigfent all cuddled up. And so if she's going on a sleepover or something like that, she's got to have pigfent. Now I can relate to that because when I was younger, I had a favorite stuffed animal. And now I'm not too masculine to, to kind of hide that from you. I'll tell you the truth. I had one. And anyone else, anyone, I mean, we have a lot of guys in here as far as the guy to girl ratio is really lopsided. But the most of the, Jason, were you just not loved as a child? I didn't see you raise your hand. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Jessica's the only one that didn't actually. Matt, you didn't? Okay. That explains a lot. But so... Mine, and I don't exactly know why, mine was a seal, a white stuffed animal seal. Now, they didn't have cameras when I was a kid, so they weren't invented yet. So I don't have a picture of me and Susie is what I, yeah, Susie is what I named her, Susie the seal. I've always been into alliteration. And so Susie the seal, and I had this precious white seal that I named Susie. Well, one, one time we went on vacation. We didn't do a lot of vacations as a family, but we were in uh, Disneyland and we were coming back and we were driving. We were not flying, but I, I probably second grade. I don't remember exactly when it was, but I had Susie with me and loved Susie and Susie always needed to be with me. And uh, we stayed at a hotel, I think somewhere in Arizona. And uh, the next morning got up, got in the car and we're going on to Oklahoma. So it was before we got to New Mexico, probably where I was like, wait, I do not have Susie with me. The white sealed Susie was left in the white sheets at the hotel. And, and I forgot Susie. And I, it 
took me this long to realize. I was like, we have to turn around and go get Susie. And my parents were like, no, we're not turning around to go get that stuffed animal. I'm like, I forgot Susie. You know, I'm in tears over losing Susie, my precious stuffed animal. Okay, I was close to this animal. And, and uh, I felt like it was real. And we had real conversations. I poured out my guts to Susie. Susie, uh, and a girl stuffed animal, I don't know why, but it, that's just what it was. She was my journal. And so I was like, Susie, please come back. And my parents were like, no, we're not. And I, and I I cried long enough, begged hard enough that I, they, they said, what we're going to do, we're going to call the hotel. So they, I, we, this was pre-cell phone too. So I don't know, I don't remember how, uh, if they, a pay phone or did what, but they called, maybe we waited all the way till we got home, but they called the hotel and the, the, uh, the cleaning ladies had found Susie and they said, we'll mail Susie to you. I was so relieved, but I was still anxious for Susie to show up. And one day the box came pre-Amazon. You know, this was, this was like, I should have had the idea of Amazon at that point, but I didn't. But I opened up and, and there was my beloved stuffed animal, Susie. And what a sweet reconnection with my stuffed animal that I'd long to see. Now with that in mind, I want you to go to Colossians chapter one, okay? If you've been around, you know that we've been walking through this chapter kind of paragraph by paragraph, if you will, and looking and reading every verse. And in chapter one, we've really camped out in, and, and I want to finish it up in the middle. We skipped some verses last week, and I told you I wanted to come back to them. But we, we've got a letter here written by Paul and Timothy. You know the drill. They're writing to a young church, uh, and this church had a great reputation. They had a strong faith in Jesus. They loved people. But one part we haven't really talked about, Paul and Timothy had a purpose in writing, of course, to shepherd them and help them and encourage them and let them know they're praying for them. But they also wanted to combat some false teaching. Specifically, there was this false teaching to this church. And it's not like he doesn't just lay it out. But what we kind of get the gist of was that there was a group of teachers that were falsely saying that, that uh, your spiritual experience in, in, is tied to a, a, a spiritual authority that was outside of Jesus. So basically, you could have rites and rituals and, and that you could have rules and still have this incredible spiritual experience. They were taking away from the preeminence of Jesus. They were taking away from his supremacy. And so Paul and Timothy were like, no, no, hold up now. Listen, you, you elevating the wrong stuff. This spiritual authority argument is not about an experience. It's not about a ritual. It's not about a rule. It's not about a right. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is the supreme one. And so we're going to hear them address that in verse 15. And then we're going to kind of hear more about this supreme one, okay? But they're really highlighting that Jesus is God. Verse 15, this is very important in our theology uh, as a believer. You need to understand this about Jesus. Colossians 1, verse 15, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God, which isn't that just an incredible thought? He, he is God. He's the picture of God. He, as he lived on earth, he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. He's the boss. Verse 16, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Okay, that's everything. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Who did? Jesus. Such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything, just in case you're curious and like, I'm not sure what he means by this. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church. 
Okay, the spiritual faith family, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. Okay, who's supreme? Jesus. Verse 19, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. In all of his fullness lived in Christ. Now, so the first five verses here that we've read, there's, there's a strong point. Jesus is the supreme one. He's the ultimate authority. That's what they're driving home. There's no other competitor. The scripture says that Jesus is supreme because the entire universe, okay, above it, in it, everything was created in, through, and for him, the eternal son of God, Jesus. And so what the Bible teaches us is that Jesus has always been, he is God, and he is the one who created all things. Now, it's not just this one passage, by the way, but this one passage clearly speaks to this truth. But the entirety of Scripture echoes this sentiment, this thought, this teaching. It reminds me of the Apostle John. Some of you have maybe heard this passage before, John chapter 1. This is the Gospel of John. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. You might be thinking, well, that just says the word. Well, John tells us who the word is. Spoiler alert, it's Jesus. Verse 14, so the word became human or flesh and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So Paul and Timothy are saying the same thing that the apostle John said is that Jesus is the supreme one. He's always been, and that he is God. And so there's no spiritual power or or authority greater than him. It's always Jesus. He's the preeminent one. He is the supreme one. He is God. Jesus is the creator. He's always been, always has been, always will. Now, I want to dig into this next part, because this is what we see We see the actions of the supreme one. This is what he did for us. Verse 20. And through him, not only is he the supreme one, but through him, that's Jesus, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So everything he made needed peace with God. And it was through the blood of Jesus that created this peace. Verse 21. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world And I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. This good news has been everywhere. And Paul's like, hey, as the primary writer here, I want you to know I've been assigned to proclaim the good news. And what good news it is. Hopefully you even read that and and your spirit was lifted a little. Maybe you were encouraged. Maybe a smile even went across your face as you thought, man, that is good news. Because 2020 hadn't had a lot of good news, right? There's, There's been a whole lot of bad news COVID-19, murder hornets, y'all kept up with those? They just trapped a bunch in Washington this weekend. Murder hornets have invaded our land, okay? 2020 has not been good. OU's football season, nothing has been good, except we did beat Texas. But 
the scripture says, if you listen to this good news and receive it, your life has a, a peace, a reconciliation, a reconnection, a restoration. And so what, what, let's, let's really unpack this good news. What is it? We, you, you've heard that before, but let's look how he described it to the Colossians, okay, to this young church. Verse 20 again. I just want to make sure these are very important verses, so make sure you catch what the good news is. And through him, that's again Jesus, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you, who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Now, there's some good news in those verses, okay? But there was some bad news, too. I, I, I hope you caught that there was some bad news in those verses, okay? To, to have good news, sometimes you got to highlight the bad news. So you don't know it's good unless you understand the bad. See, sometimes when you understand the bad, the good makes a whole lot more sense. Like one time I was in Cambodia on a mission trip, and uh, I was there and, and, of course, craving a, a good old American Dr. Pepper, now, part of my craving for Dr. Pepper was there was Coke everywhere. You could get Coke. And it's interesting, if you've ever been overseas, Coke is, you can get Coke's everywhere. Coke's fingerprints and DNA and footprint is all over this globe. And so you could get Coke, but boy, Dr. Pepper just wasn't there. And so the bad news was, as I talked to people, I said, hey, listen, I, there's Coke's. And of course, the water wasn't super safe for, for me and my pure body to take in. And so it was like, I, is there any way I can get a Dr. Pepper? Like, no, there's Dr. Pepper. What are you talking about? This is Cambodia. You can't get a Dr. Pepper here. I'm like, so I talked to several people, several people. Is there any chance there's a Dr. Pepper somewhere in Cambodia, in Phnom Penh? And they said, actually, there's one place that I know that has Dr. Pepper. I was like, wait, you're telling me there's some good news? Like, there's one place. It's this restaurant over here. You got to get to it. I, I wish I could tell you the directions and all that, but I don't know. It's just a restaurant over there somewhere. It was not super close. And, and they said they serve American food, and they have, I've heard they have, a, they have Dr. Pepper. I said, I'm going. So I got a rickshaw and, and, and took it over to the American restaurant, you know. And, and uh, can't, if you've ever, this is the third world. Very, there's, I have such a sad history over there, but this restaurant was glorious. Got in, paid like 10 bucks for a Dr. Pepper, but I was going to drink that delicious, delightful Dr. Pepper. And it was. It was so good. It was better because I couldn't have it, right? There was a bunch of bad news, and then someone said, I got some good news. To understand the good, you got to understand the bad. Well, here in the Scripture, the Bible says there's, there's bad. You've been separated from God because of your sin. There has been a separation that's taken place. Verse 21, this includes you who were once far away from God, which is all of us. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts, and actions. We've been separated from God because of our sin, our screwed up thoughts, and our screwed up actions. And this is a safe place. We can all admit it. We've all done that. We've all had a thought that wasn't pure. We all have. We've, you're like, no, no. Listen, you wanted to beat someone up in your mind. You wanted to do something wrong in your mind. You've had an impure thought. And then sometimes those thoughts have turned into actions. You've had impure actions. You've done something you shouldn't have done. We, we can all be honest and say, that's us. Whether it was a lie or lust or whether it was greed or gossip. 
or anything else. We've all done something we shouldn't have done. We've all sinned, and according to the scripture, that's caused a separation. Another way that it's phrased is that there's a spiritual death that has taken place. Spiritually, we have died because of sin. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. But the first part says, the wage of that sin is this death. There's a separation, a a spiritual death that has occurred. You guys know what a wage is. Most of you are, are working individuals, and you've done, you, you've earned your wage. You've worked hard, and you've earned whatever you're going to get paid. Now, you might think it should be more, but you've earned what you signed up for. I want this wage. When I first got like, like a real job in high school, not just helping out with different projects or different things, but like employed, uh, I was employed by Athletic Village at Crossroads Mall. Um, Crossroads Mall used to be a really good mall, y'all. Yeah, I mean, y'all, to whether you're, uh, uh, some of you are from Texas and you don't even know about Crossroads Mall. It was glorious. It was a great mall. You know, South, us Southsiders, okay? Nowadays, I, it's not even a mall, but I worked at Athletic Village in, in 1993. Can you guess what minimum wage was? I remember it because I worked hard for this money. Well, yeah, she's on it. For what? It was four twenty-five. Okay, it's four twenty-five. Very good, Jessica. So four twenty-five. I was getting paid to stand on my feet nine hours a day. You know, when I would my shifts and boy, the, going back to we we were in this room on Friday night and we were on our feet for a long, long time. Some of you on your feet a long, long time and you know it and maybe you've adjusted, but boy, my legs would kill me. They were killing me Friday night. We were on our feet for so long. Some of you, that's just how you work and you kind of, you just deal with it and you know it, but th- that's hard to be on your feet for so long. But I remember working hard for that money and I'm like, I earned this paycheck. I earned it. You know, it was the wage that was due to me. Well, our sin earns us a spiritual death. We're separated from God. And when Adam and Eve sinned, they had a separation. You remember, they were kicked out from the Garden of Eden. They had, I mean, the presence of God was in their midst. And God said, all right, y'all screwed up. I told you not to do this. This is what you did. You're banished from here. And there was a separation, a spiritual death that took place. In fact, Romans 5, 12 says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Okay, there was a separation that took place. But it wasn't just a separation. Did you catch what Colossians says? Paul wrote that we're enemies. Now, that doesn't sound appealing. No one wants to be enemies with the one who has all the power. When I was younger, I was smaller. If you can imagine that, I was one of the small kids. Some of you can't imagine that. But, you know, I wasn't always a strapping young man that I am today. I was on the smaller side. But I always would make friends with the big guys, right? Because you, you thumb something go down, you need the big guy on your side. And, and so I, t- you know, I, I've heard Jonathan say this to Jacob, and, I, and I'll tell Isaac, well, you want to be friends with the big kid. You don't want to be enemies, right, with the one who has all the power. But the Bible says that we're at odds with God. Okay, in essence, we're at war because we're enemies. I don't know if you've ever felt that where you've been separated from someone in a relationship or maybe, you, you hear those horror stories of exes, you know, or, and that, oh, my ex, and it becomes almost, uh, it's not friendly anymore, it's cantankerous, or you feel like you're at odds, or you're at war, there's an enemy, and I hate that, but sometimes separations feel that way. I had my best friend in Tulsa, before it was found out that he was a, a hashtag busted in a litany of sins, it was like, wow, this person was a completely different person than I thought. It just was completely fooled. And so there was a separation in our relationship. But when someone would say his name, ugh, there was disgust. 
it was like we were enemies. It, it, sadly, it had, had gone away from affection and more to hurt. And so that separation had caused some, some anger issues, some, some things that I, I had to work through and, and still just dealing with because of someone that had fooled you for so long and then had hurt you. And it just felt like, man, we weren't on the same side anymore. We were on opposite sides. Plus, he's a Texas fan, so much easier to become enemies. But you get what I'm saying here when it comes to relationships. And that's not good news to be an enemy with God. That's not a good feeling to know that we've been separated from him and against him. But don't forget, there was good news. Verse 22, Colossians 1.22 says, Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his presence. You are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Now, as I, as I was studying and preparing for this, I was thinking about how can I paint a picture of that reconciliation, of what that looks like? What's a good story that I could share that would show what was separated becoming reconciled or what was an enemy becoming whole? I thought, I don't need to come up with the story Jesus did. Are you thinking of Luke 15 when Jesus painted this picture of this son that said, Dad, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. I want to go do my own thing. I don't want to be under our banner, the banner of our family. I want to go be my own self. In fact, let's just go ahead and pretend you're dead to me. Hand me over the money that you would give me when you would die. And I'm going to go use that. You see, he's like saying you're dead to me, basically. Like, no, no, no. Like, go ahead and give me that money. I'm out of here. I'm going to go do my own thing. Give me the inheritance that's rightfully mine. When you kick the bucket, I'm just going to go ahead and take it. And so the father allows him in his own wishes, his son's own wishes, to go be his own man. When he goes off, the Bible says he has wild living. He's living it up. But climate change happens. And there's a famine in the land. And he's blown through his money. He's got no real friends, no real relationships. He's at the point of begging for food, hurting for food, takes on a little work trying to just feed these pigs so that he could have enough to eat. And in the process, like, man, I'm so broken, so starved. I could just eat this pig food right now. I'm, I'm, I've got nothing. He literally is just broken over his situation. It was at that point things begin to change. I'll, I'll read exactly what Jesus said in Luke 15, verse 17. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Do you hear? That's a real confession. Like, I sinned. I screwed up. I, I, I'm not even worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. What do you think? His father was watching. The father was waiting, was looking. The father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. The running was a very undignified thing to do for an, uh, an elder uh, Jew. And for him to pull up the robe and to, to run after him showed that he was going to be undignified, maybe even reckless in his love as he ran to his son. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house. Put it on him. Get a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet. 
and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead, has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Reconciliation is wonderful. It really, really is. And when we come to our senses out of a place of brokenness and realize how much God loves us and has for us, we can enter into that relationship with God. There can be reconciliation from our separation. There can be a party. There can be a robe. There can be a ring signifying you're mine. You're mine. You're my kid. But that only comes through the sacrifice of Jesus. Again, in Romans 6, we, we covered this first, first part, for the wages of sin is death. Then there's the, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So we can cross over from death to life. We can no longer be lost, but found when we put our faith in Jesus. A lot of people think that reconciliation is up to them and, and them doing all the good things. Like this son in the story could have said, okay, let me feed all the cows. Let me do all this stuff and then I'll be okay. That's not how it works. The father just said, you came back, you confess, you're, you're mine. It's not about our good deeds. It's not about our good works because our good deeds and our good works, they're tainted. They can't ever be perfect. Jeremiah 2.22 says, although you wash yourself with soap, you use an abundance of clean, uh, cleansing powder, the stain of your guilt is still before me. We're stained because of sin. And we can try and clean up that stain all on our own, but it will never cleanse the stain. It'll never clean it up. The only thing that will clean it up is the blood of Jesus, trusting in him. Jesus died for us, even though we were dirty, and said, I got you. I will make you brand new. I will make you white as snow. Again, not up to you, except in you're receiving the gift. The gift is there. It's up for you to take the gift. You start with realizing, yeah, I have screwed up, and so I need the gift. I'm broken over that. And so I take this gift, and I receive the salvation that I have by trusting in Jesus. Now, Colossians 1.22 says, Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. Okay, there it is. It's through Jesus. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. See, the result of your faith, don't miss that is also amazing. Did you see what reconciliation brings? When you receive this gift, when you are reconciled with God through your faith and trust in Jesus, you're in the presence of God. Did you see that in verse 22? As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. You can be in the presence of God, which before Jesus, impossible. You couldn't be in the presence of God unless there was a special covering, Jesus covers us so that we have access to God. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. We'll find grace to help us when we need it most. We can approach the throne of grace because of Jesus. We have access to the Father through the Son. And then Colossians says, we'll be holy, blameless, forgiven, without a single fault. Who wouldn't want that? I guess you got to realize you got faults. If you're so blinded to the fact that you don't have faults, then you're never going to say, man, I really need Jesus. But if you realize, man, I do, man, I got this tendency to do the wrong thing. I've got faults. I need a Savior. And our world doesn't recognize it right now, but our world needs a Savior. And we need to be the light to help them know they can be reconciled with God. 
And we're going to talk a little bit about this in, in a couple weeks, this, what this means about blameless and forgiven, and that it's not through rules, it's through relationship. Colossians chapter 2 also talks about this. And so we'll, we'll kind of dive more into that in the coming weeks. Next week, we're going to be in a, uh, we're going to pray. I don't know if you know, there's a big thing coming up in, in November. And so we're going to spend Sunday, next Sunday, praying. We'll have communion. We'll have a great time together as we pray for our country, pray for one another. But today, especially if you're online, could you really think of something that would keep you from putting your faith and trust in Jesus? What, what would keep you from saying, you know what, I need to be reconciled with God. I know I need a change. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the Bible says you're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You are holy, blameless, forgiven, and without a single fault. Today, I pray that you would be reconciled with God. Let's pray in here today. Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for our time together. But I pray for every one of us, whether we're online or in this room, we would think of Jesus. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that we have access to your presence even right now. Not because of us, but because of Jesus. Now, no one looking around, I'm going to pause my prayer in this regard. If there's someone you know that needs Jesus, would you pray for them right now? And I'm going to encourage those online. If you've never put your faith in Jesus, don't turn off the screen right now. Listen to me. Give it to him today. Let him cleanse you. Let him forgive you. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, just pray. Pray something like, I admit, I have screwed up. I've messed up. I'm not without fault. In your own words, just say it. I've sinned. And then turn it and say, but I believe. All right now, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. So I'm asking you, Jesus, to come into my life, take over, be my boss, give me a new heart, and forgive me of every sin. Past ones, present ones, future ones. Just forgive me of sin. And I believe in Jesus. Take over again. Be my boss. And I commit right now, I'm all in. I'm going to follow you. You lead me. And wherever you go, I'm going. No one looking around in here, I want you praying for someone. If you're online, I want you to message us and say, hey, I, I gave my life to Jesus. Would you let us know? We're praying for you. We're begging God to change you, to forgive you, and to put you on a new path. A path of peace, not a, not a path of perfection, but a path of peace, joy, love. I don't want to try and talk you into it. I'll just tell you this. It'll change your life. As you're praying in here for someone, I want to pray too that you would have the boldness to, to share and that God would give you that opportunity. Lord, thank you for the reconciliation. Thank you for your work. Thank you for who you are. We love you. I pray for our faith family that you would... Give us all boldness to advance your kingdom, to share the gospel, to be faithful sowers of the word. And again, God, our heart goes out to those in our faith family that are struggling with, with COVID right now, whether that's the consequences of, of a shutdown or whether that's actually having the illness. We continue to pray for Beverly, pray that you'd heal her, pray even right now that there's positive signs, positive healing. I pray for some of our other faith family. 
uh, that are just now finding out about it, Lord, and dealing with it, Lord, healing upon them too. Thank you for watching over us. We know you're good. Bring peace to our country. We know this world's jacked up, but heaven's not. And we long for heaven where there is no more sickness. And this reminds us of how broken this world is, how not perfect it is, and how it will never be redemption for us, how it will never be our Savior because it's fallen, it's broken, it's cursed. But you, Lord, are perfect, and our, home, our heavenly home is perfect. And we say, Lord Jesus, come. Lord Jesus, come. In your name we pray. Amen. This is Pastor John. Thank you so much for listening to the Everyday Church Podcast. For more information on us or if you happen to make a spiritual decision during this message, please let us know and go to our website, www.everyday.church. There's an email link that you can click on and we would love to hear from you. If there's anything going on that has happened during this message, if the Lord has spoken to you or you made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Also, if there's a prayer request or concern, then you can email us and we would love to take the time to pray for you and respond in any way that we can. Again, thank you so much for listening. God bless. Thank you.